I want to welcome you to today's podcast. And in this podcast, I'll be bringing you teachings from the Word of God that will bless you and inspire your spirit. And I know for sure that your life will never be the same again when you're done listening. God bless you as you listen. This podcast is sponsored by Check It Shop. Check It Shop, the first Christian anointed clothing brand. Your one-stop shop for high quality and heavily anointed clothing and accessories that will look good on you and most importantly, terrorize the kingdom of darkness. Visit CheckItShop.com. Check it in style. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to welcome you to yet another podcast. And I'll be bringing you inspiring words and teachings as led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And I'm sure that what God has for you today is going to bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm so excited. I'm really, really excited. Why am I excited? Because, you know, the Bible says we have been called to a lively hope. Hallelujah. We have been called to a lively hope, like living hope. Hallelujah. What we believe is sure. I don't know if you've ever taken time to think about it. You know, there are so many religions and many of them have different explanations about different issues of life. You know, they have explanations about creation. They have explanation about, you know, the way you live your life. And, you know, spiritual principles generally, many religions, many theologies, what people believe. Question is, what is the truth? What is the truth? What if at some point you discover that everything that you believed is is a lie? We've had people, you know, who were adopted, you know, and then the adopted um, parents didn't tell them that the children were adopted and they grew up believing that those were their biological parents only for their bubbles to be burst one day when the parent comes and says, listen, when you were two years old, I adopted you. So you're not my biological child. So all the while they had believed that these parents were their biological parents only to find out later that all they had believed on was not true. Hallelujah. But you know, in Christ, it's amazing. We as children of God, we as believers, children of God, Jesus has given us assurance that what we believe is true. He has given us assurance. And you know, the best assurance is not what you just get on this, in this world. The best assurance is what you can get beyond this world. Hallelujah. I was watching Oprah Winfrey show some years ago and she had this guest who she had invited and the man was explaining different things about different principles of life and when you listen to that man he spoke so intelligently and then she asked him one question she said um so what happens after we die and the man was puzzled for a few seconds and then he said um Uh, we don't really think about that. We don't give thought to that. We don't bother ourselves about that. We focus on what happens here. When I heard it, 
in my mind, I shook my head. I said, they don't have the solution. They don't know. The Bible says if all the hope we have is in this world, we are of all men most miserable. If all the hope we have is what we have here in this world, we are of all men most miserable. Hallelujah. And let me tell you the truth. In this world, <laughs> even if you don't believe the Bible, I tell you the truth, even Satan preaches in a way. Because if you see darkness, once you see darkness, you know that the opposite of darkness is light. So you'd want to know where is the light. Praise the Lord. So that in a way, <laughs> if you, you see darkness, for example, there are TV shows. There's a, there's a TV show that they have, Lucifer, it's titled Lucifer. And this guy shows up and is doing stuff. There are TV shows about witches and all these things. They don't hide those things. They, they put it out there. They have Walt Disney cartoons that show children about witchcraft from a very early age. Children don't doubt those things. People don't doubt that those things are in existence. They know they believe. They know. Hallelujah. So if you see that there are things like that exist, then the opposite of that, the opposite of darkness is light for sure. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This world that we are in is very interesting. That when people die, no religion can really not just tell you but prove it. Not just say it but actually prove it. What happens beyond death? We have had people who died and when they died, certified medically dead, clinically dead, and then they came back to life. Many of them will tell you. Many of them will tell you of how they went to either a beautiful place, you know, where, you know, paradise, you know. They will tell you how they met Jesus, either they met Jesus in a beautiful place or they will tell you of how they went to a place of torment and they were rescued. Many, many times you, you, you hear that. There are people who will tell you things accurately, like things they had no chance of knowing. They will tell you these things. And all that is to prove that what the word of God says is true. Hallelujah. What God's word says is true. And so we can stake our lives on the word of God and get results. Hallelujah. David said, I was young. Now I'm old. I have never seen a righteous man forsaken. No, his seed beg bread. Hallelujah. The man used his lifetime as a case study to observe certain principles of life. Those who trusted in God and how their lives turned out. And those who didn't trust in God and how their lives turned out. And he came to a conclusion. That the one who depends on God, his dependence is sure. Hallelujah. God's dependence is sure. You can really, really depend on God. Hallelujah. When I was a little kid, my mom bought me a Bible. I was eight years old. I'll never forget it. She bought me a Bible. And I'll take my Bible and I'll read and read. It was a good news translation, so it was easy to understand. So I began to read about the kings of Israel. And one thing got my attention. All the kings, with the exception of none, 
all the kings that served God wholeheartedly, all of them, with the exception of none, all of them, they lived well. Things were good with them. There were times they faced challenges, battles came, but God gave them the victory and they did well. Then all the kings that didn't live right, the ones that decided to serve idols and go for other gods and live in sin and lead the people to sin, they all ended badly. It was very bad for them. And at a very young age, I had to make a decision. Will I go with the kings that lived right and had it right in their lives? Or with the kings who didn't live right and ended in misery? The difference was clear. I made my choice straight away. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to live my life for God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, too many times people uh, are so focused on this world. You know what they can get. I was watching a documentary about a lady who bought a penthouse in Manhattan. And you know, she was so excited about the penthouse she had bought. How much did she buy? She bought it for about 10 million US dollars. And you know, she had this journalist who came into the house with cameras, you know, to come and you know, see the house. Beautiful house she had gotten for 10 million dollars. So he got into the living room and saw a rather simple place. And he was like, this sure can't be the reason why you paid, you are willing to pay 10 million dollars for this place. And the lady said, uh, said the kitchen is the thing. And she took him into the kitchen. And to me, I saw nothing. To me, I saw nothing. Nothing. Nothing spectacular. Nothing special. And she bought that place for $10 million. And she spent extra $3 million to work on the house. So a total of $13 million US dollars she spent on that place. But there is nothing wrong with buying a place. Okay, if you have the money, there's nothing wrong with it. But my thoughts, what I was thinking was, when you uh, spend $13 million to build your earthly home, how much have you spent to build your heavenly home? How much have you invested in your kingdom home? What have you done for the kingdom of God? I told myself years ago, I'll never do for myself what I've not done for the kingdom. I'll never do for myself. What I've not done for the kingdom, if I do something for myself, is because I've done 10 times more for the kingdom. That's my mentality. Hallelujah. That is my mentality. Because the Bible says Abraham was looking for a city that had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. These men were looking beyond this world. They knew that they were pilgrims on earth. They knew that they were passing through this earth. This earth is not our final place of dwelling. We are only passing through this place. You know, there are people who are so bothered about global warming and the preservation of the earth. Good. I agree with them. But I'm telling you the truth. They should bother more about eternity than the few years we're going to be here on this earth, in this plane. Hallelujah. There are some people, the older they get, the more depressed they get. 
Why? There are some landmark years. For example, you know, when you're in your teenage, when you get into the teenage, oh, you become so happy. The kids, like, I'm now a teenager. I'm now a teenager. Why are they happy? At teenage, at the teenage years, they begin to develop some features, some adult-like features. My son is eight. He's going to be nine in April. And he told me one day, he said, Daddy, I'm going to be a man very soon. <laughs> and I said, what? He said, Dad, I'm going to be a man very soon. I'm going to be nine. I'm going to be a man very soon. I said, wait, what do you mean you're going to be a man very soon? He said, I'm a preteen, so I'll soon be a teenager. I'm going to be a man, so I'm going to have my independence. <laughs> And I laughed. I said, son, you're just eight. He said, point of correction, dad. Eight and a half. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, even when you are 10, you're still a kid. Even when you're 11, you're still a kid. And I had to tell myself, relax, okay, just grow. Okay, be patient. Hallelujah. The truth is that. As we grow, there are some landmark years. For example, when we get into teenage years, we begin to develop some adult features. For the boys, the voices begin to get deeper. They begin to grow beards. You know, changes begin to occur. You know, the girls, the same thing. You know, the changes, physical and physiological changes begin to take place and all. So at that point, because they look like adults, they have similar features as adults, They are tempted to think that they are now mature. And that's why some of them, you know, start doing things that adults should be doing and all. So yes, even though they have the features, they are not mature. Hallelujah. But they don't know that. So, you know, they start until before you know it, the real adulthood hits them. And then they are 18, they are 19, they are 20. And then in America, for example, parents will tell you, well, you're 18, you're an adult. You can decide now where you want to go or you have to start paying rent. Hallelujah. And then, you know, they grow. So some of them, when they leave at that age, maybe they are 19, 20, they are independent. Oh, they begin to enjoy life. So this is what freedom means. And then they begin to go out and do this. They feel like they are young and they are doing all that until they hit the age of 30. Once they get to 30, that's when it really dawns on them that they are now adults. And then they want to start like taking things a bit more seriously from the age of 30. And then they get older and older, but then they quickly adjust. After all, we can still do some things. They still feel young, so they are okay. They still continue. But then before you know it, you hit 40. And then it dawns on you, man. Surely at 40, I'm no longer a child. At 40, I'm now an adult. This is middle age we're talking about here. And then that's another landmark here. Some people, when they get to 30, they feel a little bit of depression because they're no longer children. It dawns on them, but they quickly recover. And when they get to 40, a little bit of depression again. Oh, I'm getting older. And then they overcome it. They move on. They get to 50. Then it dawns on them that look. Now I'm getting old. At that point, the hairs almost all get white. 
at that point you begin to have wrinkles you don't look that young anymore and it begins to dawn on you that time has passed it begins to dawn on you that time really really has passed hallelujah but you know for the one who is born again and that's one who is living according to the plan and purpose of god for his or her life the older you get the happier you are because you have things that you have fulfilled under your belt things that you have accomplished for the lord jesus christ things that are written in heaven on the record for you what you have accomplished for the kingdom hallelujah i was watching the the video of a man who told the story he had been a pilot all his life have had a very successful career in piloting in all calculations he said he, he probably flew over 20,000 hours throughout his career so he was always flying he was a pilot successful career successful businesses everything was fine but then one day he had a very sharp pain it's very severe pain in his body and then he went to the hospital he was diagnosed with one strange ailment he was in pain and so they gave him a medication you know to to suit the pain but he said the medication didn't it didn't work so one day he got the medication and he was like okay if i took one before and it's not working maybe if i took two it will work and so he took extra dosage of what he was supposed to take and he said suddenly he was in his car he began to feel strange something didn't feel right he began to feel strange and in that situation he cried out to god he said god please help me the moment he said that before he knew it he said all the pain just ceased and he felt very okay he felt very normal he was in the truck and he came out of the truck and stepped out he felt very good and then he looked at his truck he saw somebody sitting in his truck on the driver's seat and he was furious he said who dares get into my truck and he looked he was the one on the driver's seat and then he dawned on him that he had died he came out of his body wow and reality set in and before he knew it, he saw himself ascending, going up. And he was going up. Now this man, he never really lived his life for Christ. He had never been born again. He didn't live for the Lord. He was busy being a successful pilot, having a successful career. That was all his life. And then he said, he got to a place, a beautiful plane, so beautiful. As far as your eyes could see the grass, beautiful, everywhere was fine. And then while he was going, suddenly he saw a pit. As he looked, he saw fire down in that pit. And he was wondering, what is this going on? And suddenly he saw a beastly creature coming out of that pit. And the beast was calling his name, I'm coming to get you. And then he said he was terrified. He was terrified. 
He was really, really terrified. He had never seen anything like that. This man didn't live for God. He never really went to church. His focus was to be successful, you know, so he, that was his focus. And he got all he wanted. He was successful. He had a successful career and all. But then something was missing. He didn't have the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as that beast was coming towards him, he froze in terror and he cried out to him. He said, God, help me. God, help me. Oh, glory to God. And suddenly, he said he saw three lights coming from a distance in very high speed. Three lights coming. And then the speed at which they came, he thought that they were going to have like a crash land because of how fast they were coming. But then they landed. These were three angels. And then the angels, the light from the angels, pushed that beastly creature back into the pit. And the man was rescued. And he was taken to where Jesus was. And Jesus looked at him. His eyes were mixed with love and sorrow. Sorrow because this man never lived for him. Because the man didn't consider him all his life. But love because he is love and he had forgiven this man. Hallelujah. And so Jesus told him, said, I want to show you something. And he took him and showed him the book of his life. The impact he had made in this world. And when the file was opened, it was just one or two sheets of paper filled with nothing significant. Just a few things that he had done. Nothing much. No impact in this world. Imagine somebody who had a successful career as a pilot. Yet in heaven, he had little or nothing written about him. What a shame. What a shame. He said when he saw it, he himself, he was ashamed. And Jesus said to him, you have been given a second chance. Go back and make sure the next time you come here, your book is full. And then before he knew it, he said he was coming down. And he came back into his body. The doctors had said he was brain dead for about an hour or something like that. And he came back to his body and he survived it. And immediately he came back to his body. The ailment was gone. He was completely healed from that strange sickness that came on him. But then that was a life-changing event for him. He gave his heart to Christ immediately and began to live for God, serving God for the rest of his life. Knowing that he knows what he saw. He knows what he saw. You know, it's a privilege for you to go through that, for you to have such an experience. It's a privilege. But then there are some people who say, okay, God, get, let me have my own such experience. Let me experience, you know, heaven. Let me get to heaven. The truth is that man, the way man was created, man is a spirit. And if he tries to relate through his flesh, it will not work. That's why the, the rich man in hell said to Father Abraham, said, okay, send somebody from here to go and preach to my brothers. At least if they hear somebody from here, they will believe. And then the response was clear. Let me tell you, 
if they don't believe the preachers who are preaching, even if somebody came from here, they still will not believe. They still will not believe. Hallelujah. They still will not believe. And God has proven it again and again. There are people who have gone there and have come back. And I've said, look, heaven is real. I've been there before. Hell is real. I've been there before. But do you think the world believes? No. They still don't believe. I remember the story of a man called Archibald Boer who uh, joined a club called Hell Club. He joined a club called Hell Club. And you know, it's just like a lot of such things are happening today. We have what you call the church of Satan. And you know, people play with these things to them. It is normal. They feel like they're having fun. They just want to be rebellious against the things of God. So he joined that club called Hell Club. And one day, he had a terrifying dream. He went to sleep and he found himself in a very dark place. And this ugly creature began to pull him and pull him. He cried and said, leave me alone, leave me, leave me alone. I don't want to have anything to leave me. And then the beast stopped and said, I will leave you today. But exactly one year and one day from today, you will be here permanently. Exactly one year and one day from now, you'll be here forever. And when Archibald Ball woke up from that dream, he ran to the priest and said, oh, this is what happened, this is what happened. And he gave his heart to Christ. And he stopped going to the hell club. He got away from all those things and began to live for God. Exactly one year later, the same day, one year later, his old friends contacted him and said, it's time to go back to hell club. And he was like, what? No. He said, look, this is, he told them his experience. He said, look, come on. That was just hallucination. It was just a figment of your imagination. What's wrong with you? Man, come, let's enjoy. Let's go have fun. Okay, just this once. After this once, you can go back to, you know, your church and all that stuff. And he said, okay, fine. And he went with them. The next day, they found his horse wandering in the fields. His dead body lying on the ground. Archibald Boyle was dead. And then it so happened that the next day, that year that this happened, it was a leap year. So the previous year, you know, uh, in a leap year, February has 29 days instead of 28 days. So one extra day. So that's what that beast said. A year and one day from now, you will be here permanently. And that's exactly what happened to Archibald Boy. And he died. Hallelujah. Thank God today we can read of stories like that. We can hear of how people made eternal mistakes with their lives. And they had to pay for it. We that are hearing this today, we can make up our minds. Look, I'm not going in that way. I have heard what is happening beyond this world. And I can make a decision by how I live my life today. Firstly, making Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. And then secondly, living in accordance with his word. Hallelujah. And as I do, for sure I know 
that hell is not going to be my portion. Heaven is where I'm going to go. Hallelujah. Praise God. It is very clear. It is very evident. There are many forms of deception that the devil has put out there. Many, many forms of this deception that the devil has put out there to draw the attention of people from the reality of God's word. Hallelujah. That's what the devil is doing. Praise God. But we have to stand. Right now we are entering a new phase. A phase that we have never really entered before. The church has been facing persecution. But it's going to get even worse. It's going to get even worse. There were some things that we were allowed to preach so freely before. But now, there are certain things you say and people will call you homophobic. And they will call you names even when you are preaching in line with God's word. That's the world we are living in. Why? Because the end is very near. The end is very near. So let the one who is holding on to God, hold on to him with everything. Hold on to him like you don't have anyone else. Because we are in very critical times. Hallelujah. We are in very critical times. But I love, I love the things of God. See, one thing is very, very clear. When the darkness increases, the light shines brighter. Hallelujah. If you had a flashlight and you went out in the sun and you turned it on, it won't make much impact. Why wouldn't it make much impact? Because there's a brighter light. Hallelujah. But if you took that flashlight to a very dark room, pitch dark room, the place is going to be very bright. That light will make a strong impact. Hallelujah. So the darker the night, the brighter the light. Hallelujah. These are the days of power. These are the days of miracles, signs, and wonders. Hallelujah. Because the very little light we have, oh my God, is going to make so great an impact. Hallelujah. We're going to see more miracles because God is proving himself more and more in these last days more than ever. There is a battle for the souls of men. And God is doing his bit, sending his servants, asking them to do things. In the day and age, that this day and age that we are in, we are seeing what is called the prophetic movement. It's, it's amazing. Amazing. It's unbelievable. And it has never been like this. This much, as much as it is today, it has never been like that in the history of the world. There are so many people, prophets of God, who hear accurately from God. Why is God releasing that gift so much in this day and age? To prove his existence, his power, his glory, his personality. He's doing all those things. So that when we stand before God, as the Bible says, thou art inexcusable, O man. You won't have an excuse to say, oh, no, I didn't know. No. The proof is there. The proof is there. We have preachers preaching on YouTube, on Facebook. We have them preaching. Are people listening? You that are listening to this message at this time, your privilege. Maybe you are already born again, but God is still bringing this word to you to cement your faith, 
to strengthen your faith, to know that you have not believed in fables or wrong doctrines, but that what you have believed is true and sure. So you hold on fast to your faith. Don't wither. Don't, don't, don't shake. Don't be divided. Hold on. The word of God is true. And if you are not saved, if you are not born again, and you are hearing this message, God is calling you. He's calling you. The Bible says if today you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. It's a hardness of heart that caused Pharaoh to lose his life, he and his army. You know, when you read the Bible, sometimes, you know, the Bible says God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. You might be forced to think that also God hardened some people's heart. No, God doesn't harden anybody's heart. It's a choice people make. The devil is the one that hardens people's hearts. Hallelujah. But God allowed it. God allowed it so that he can reveal his glory. But he doesn't harden anybody's heart. That's why he's telling you. He said, don't harden your heart. Why is he telling you? Because he knows that it's in your hands. Don't harden your heart if you hear the word today. Open your heart and receive Jesus. Welcome him into your life. And when he comes to you, the first thing you will notice after receiving Jesus is peace in your heart. You would have that peace. Even though there are still some problems that will show their ugly heads deep in your heart, you just have that peace. You just know that everything will be alright. You can't tell how, but you know that everything will be alright. That's why the Bible says righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So if you've not known the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you should pray this prayer with me. I mean it with all your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I have heard your word and I'm making my mind, making up my mind today. I don't want to be in hell. I don't want to be in the place of torment. I want to be with you in heaven when I leave this world. So I open up my heart and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Wash me with your blood and make me clean. Now I am born again. I am a child of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, if you said that prayer, I'm telling you right now, you can even feel it. There's peace in your heart already. You've done the right thing. Hallelujah. Now, what's the next step for you? The Bible says, as newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So you feed yourself with the word. Hallelujah. You have to be in a church. You have to be connected with a stream of the word. A stream of the word. Wherever you know the word can be taught you on a regular basis, maybe on a weekly basis, but on a regular basis, where you can feed your spirit. Very important. Hallelujah. We have an online church on Facebook, and we reach out to people all over the world. Isaac Samuel Ministries on Facebook. Hallelujah. You can also visit our website, pastorsamuel.org. Our videos are also on YouTube. You can go and listen and be inspired. You learn God's word and you fellowship with us. Hallelujah. And of course, 
as you, you keep listening to the word, you will grow and you get to know more about God. Hallelujah. But if you are already born again, I'm still going to pray for you. My prayer to God for you is that God will strengthen you. Hallelujah. That you will be strengthened. Monteka zonteka paraba. Male bradosh jinto kaliba. By faith in your spirit, the inner man, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you will know the hope of your calling, the riches of the glory of God's inheritance, and that God will reveal his power through you. He will use you for his glory. He will use you as a witness in these last days. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that is raised against you in judgment is condemned. You will go from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from victory to victory. You will proclaim the victory of the Lord in your life, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. No matter what happens, make sure you make it to heaven. Hallelujah. No matter what you don't seem to have in this world, make sure you don't miss heaven. Praise God. God bless you. I'm sure you are blessed by this. I'm going to be with you again. Until we see you again, keep living in an atmosphere of God's word, God's worship, and God's miracles. God bless you. Bye-bye. Join the man of God, Pastor Isaac Samuel II, for further deeper analysis of the Word of God and mind-blowing miracles during the Check It Church weekly services. On Sunday, we've got the Super Sunday service starting at 10 a.m. CST. Wednesday is a midweek Bible study at 6 p.m. CST. Then Friday is a prayer meeting also starting at 6 p.m. CST. We hope to see you there.